0: Welcome to Gaming Guiding, everybody. This is Andrew, and I'm once again joined by Mike. Hey, everybody. (laughs) And we have two special guests for this episode here in Season 2. We've got Lena. Hi. And Megan. Hello. And you guys are, you, well, Megan, you still work at the Japan Foundation, and Lena, you have worked at the Japan Foundation before, correct?
1: Yes, correct. Okay.
0: So if you could tell us like a little bit and how you got uh, started with the Japan Foundation. Uh, let's go with well, Lena, you were chronologically you were first, right? <laughs> yeah, I was first. With that whole deal. Okay, yeah. so uh, yeah, if we could hear how you uh, started with that gig, that would be cool.
1: Yeah, so I was born in Tokyo, Japan, and I lived in Japan until I was about five or six. I didn't speak any English, but my father lived in Japan for 19 years, and he was originally from New York, and he traveled all over the world, but he landed in Japan. And during the 70s, English teaching was like a really good lucrative job opportunity. So he stayed in Japan and met my mother, who was a Japanese teacher. Because he wanted to learn how to speak Japanese, so he was looking for a Japanese teacher, and my mom happened to, like, know his friend, and that's how they met. And then my mom was like, because being half or half Japanese, they thought that we would have better opportunities in the United States. She kind of asked my dad, like, can we move to the U.S., and what would you like to do? So he got a Ph.D. at University of New Mexico for intercultural communication. So that's kind of how we moved to the U.S. and then there were no opportunities in New Mexico so but <laughs> we had like a he had a really good cohort program at the PhD program so we need someone who um, worked at Cal- California University uh, CSUN so California State University in Northridge and that's how we ended up in LA and my mom resumed her Japanese teaching so Japanese teaching has been kind of a part of my life and Speaking Japanese, I was required to speak Japanese at home, like no English whatsoever. So that was kind uh-huh, of like our environment. Okay. And so I was able to maintain it like heritage wise, but also kind of like anime, manga games and all that kind of stuff. But okay. I, yeah, I took Japanese in college, but I also volunteered and I kept my connection with teaching. And then I happened to stumble upon Japan Foundation. Los Angeles. My mom knew them before too, but it happened to bumble upon them like twenty seventeen, and for tea time. And then they were looking for like participants, and I'm like, oh, it's like a Japanese language event. I want to participate. So that's kind of how I started connecting with Japan Foundation, and then after like doing it for a year year and a half they were like oh we're looking for someone for our program like japanese language program would you like to work with us and that's kind of how i started my um time in japan foundation and stayed there for about like um until 2021 so about a little over two mm-hmm. years or so so that's kind of like my history with japan foundation how i ended up there
0: mm-hmm. your dad your dad your dad is white your mom is japanese right yes and you're but your dad speaks japanese like fluently
1: yeah he lived in Japan for 19 years and at first he didn't speak Japanese at all but Mm. he happened to be in Okinawa he traveled Japan all over and then he met someone from Osaka and even though they couldn't communicate via language they really Mm. like vibe well so he was like (laughs) it would be so much fun if I could actually verbally communicate with like everyone so that's how he was like I want to study Japanese and that's kind of how he formally decided to study but he can't read or write he can only speak oh. japanese oh wow yeah. Maybe,
0: does he is it is it unaccented though or it's he's got a little bit of an accent
1: no actually he doesn't really have much of an accent and he's very kind of like his personality is a little bit more kind of like quiet he's more academic mm-hmm. so his personality the way he um speaks japanese is very um familiar to japanese people so they're always like <laughs> kind of laughing when they were like oh your dad is so tall he was like yeah yeah so they hold to them and like oh no not really kind of like the humble <laughs> kind of thing so it's kind of right. i've been very fortunate to be in an environment where um, both parents are very familiar with different languages my mom mm-hmm. studied german and studied lived in germany for a little bit too so
0: do you speak any uh-huh. german
1: oh no but my grandfather is german and Irish, so i'm like mm-hmm. i want to study but i haven't
0: yes <laughs> he he, sorry i keep asking all these questions but oh, like no he worries. has a german german accent
1: no, not at all. He's New York, so he has that New York accent. Like okay. Long Island, yeah. It's <laughs> funny
0: before when Andrew was
2: like, oh, so your dad's white. And I'm like, that's pretty nebulous. I'd like a little more information
3: there.
1: <laughs> it's now like, it's like it. when Japanese people say, oh, you're American. I'm like, American in one context. Like, as I have to always say, like, like European American to kind of remind people. like he's he's a white American or European yeah, yeah. American. There's-
0: Mike, this is a problem with the South, where I'm from. <laughs> I, I, admi- I admit it's a problem, but yeah. th- I, I noticed this in movies and podcasts, people from New York, there's mm-hmm. like, this guy's Italian and Polish and blah, blah, blah. Like, people from the yeah. South, do not talk about that stuff. Like you're white or black. No one talks about like I'm English or Irish or whatever. It's not a a topic of conversation.
1: Yeah, because in New York, I feel like because there's that immigrant culture of like European cultures and there's pods and communities. So I feel like, yeah, it's really interesting how like you would maybe go to Hawaii. They may be more specific about your lineage or ethnicity. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Well,
1: in LA is not as much like there's a discussion but not that prominent like categorization of each ethnicity or um, yeah. yeah race or ethnicity.
2: Yeah, as okay. soon as I hear white, I'm like, okay, I need more information that doesn't want to <laughs> her. <labor. laughs> Well, or flavor of white. white, like the McFlurry. Kind of. <laughs> but, my, <laughs> McFlurry. My,
1: <laughs> but my grandmother is originally from Sicily or her family. So she's the second. she was the second generation Italian-American, and my okay. grandfather was German and Irish. So we have kind of like that immigrant background from mm-hmm. our European side as well as our Japanese side. My mom came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. in her 40s. She was in Boston for a little bit, but okay. she was yeah. she was around four, 45 or so when she was like, I want to move to a different country. So I've been very lucky to have a father who got his PhD at age 50
3: or so. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. my mom
1: was like, let me challenge a new country. So it's always kind of motivated me to try different career paths. And Japan Foundation at the time came at a right place where I wanted to work somewhere that was like, Mm-hmm. I get to connect with Japan, but also connect with my Jap- Japanese mother in the terms of teaching and connect with Japanese teachers. So I was very lucky that I came uh-huh. at the right time.
0: Family uh-huh. of challengers. Man, I did the 23 and Me and like <laughs> an Ancestry.com and fucking like no recent immigrants. Fucking oh, really? Everybody <laughs> came over in the late 1600s. Wow. <laughs> like, so like, I mean, everybody's other than, you know, indigenous population. Like there's no, I mean, we're, yeah, we've been here for a long time. Like, <laughs> anyway, so Megan, how did you get started with Japan Foundation?
4: Uh, so I went on jet promptly following graduation. Uh, jet um, represent. Yeah, so I was there in uh, Holfushi in Yamaguchi prefecture
3: mm. for
4: three years. And I was the last cohort to go before the pandemic hit. We're um, oh. also the last beneficiaries of that tax policy.
2: Wow, wow. that's pretty recent, though. Hey.
4: Nice. Yeah, so I came back um, July 2022, mm-hmm. um, and was initially initially found a job down in San Diego um, at a startup, and I knew that I wanted to go back and work and live in Japan at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially, I was like, okay, well, I can do the HR stuff. Um, but I was really missing um, using Japanese in my daily life. Mm. Um, So I happened to see this job opening on the JET um, Alumni Southern California email newsletter that comes out monthly. And I went, well, what the hey? They want business Japanese. I don't know if my Japanese is good enough for that because Um, you know, Son Kegel kicks my butt, <laughs> I don't know yeah, about anybody yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. um, but I applied, I interviewed, and they were like, yeah, no, please come on. So I initially started as the um, grant reviewer for two of the four grants that we offer.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, the two that I am still in charge of, but transitioning out of, are the Japanese Language Learners Event Grant. Okay. And the teaching materials purchasing grant.
2: Okay, the teaching purchasing materials grant seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> what about the other so, one though, the event uh, learners event uh, grant?
4: So basically um as long as it's a, an what they call an open event, so it's not just one school. So mm-hmm. if a college wanted to have a speech contest for example, that's a really easy mm-hmm. example. Um like get a lot of people who want to do speech contests Mm
3: -hmm.
4: um if they want to have a speech contest but they can they only offer it to students in their school Mm -hmm. can't do that it has to be open to two or more schools um so we you know we see speech contests we see bunkasai Mm -hmm. um all sorts of different really cool events um that people come up with
2: are you Um, at liberty to discuss how sizable these grants are
4: yeah, that's public knowledge. On uh, okay. the maximum amount for both of them is a thousand dollars. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Other the other two event or sorry, not event. The other two grants that we offer um, are at larger amounts.
3: Okay.
4: Um, but uh, maximum amount is a thousand dollars. Doesn't mean you always get a thousand dollars, but yeah. <laughs> um, the maximum that we can potentially give is a thousand. Um, so as long as it has some connection to Japanese language,
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, be it you're doing skits in Japanese, um, you're discussing nuances of different words that come up a lot in business Japanese, what have you. As long as there's that language component
3: yeah,
4: uh, and it's an event that's open to multiple schools, organizations, the community, mm. um, yeah. you can apply.
2: That's you cool. potentially get it all yeah. right now you said you work with two of the four grants correct the other two can you tell us a little bit about those please
4: the other two grants that we offer are the salary assistance grant mm-hmm. which i think
2: that's i could use some
4: salary
3: pretty. assistance. <laughs> i don't imagine i'm eligible <laughs> <for> but. <laughs>
4: um, but salary assistance grant for japanese teachers um mm-hmm. so if a, the that's great no
2: teacher is... makes enough money so give it yeah. to them please for the love yeah, of god just, please give them money
3: yeah, yeah. Um, they're,
4: yeah. They're So there, are, there are some caveats, and I'm not nearly as familiar with those mm-hmm. um, as the grants that I oversee. But um,
2: I and is is there yeah. a a set number of those that teachers, it's
4: Japanese less, teachers might get? Um, it's less numbers and more how big is our budget? Mm-hmm. Um, because like this year our budget has not been particularly large, so the number of grants that we're mm-hmm. able to support yeah. is much lower than it has been in previous years um no idea what the budget's going to look like next year which is kind
2: um, of unfortunate because i feel like you know in looking back at my time in 2001 and then going back to japan in 2005 2007 the number of people and programs i feel available for japanese language study has definitely increased in that 20-year time period
4: yeah so yeah yeah so it's i mean a couple years ago we had a fairly large budget Mm -hmm. um we'll see what happens going forward um but so yeah our salary assistance grant for japanese teachers um Mm -hmm. that can be for a current program or a new program so if someone's looking to start a program Mm -hmm. um, they can still apply for that as well um and then there is the project grant which Mm -hmm. is frequently confused with the event grant. Um, The project Mm -hmm. grant is directed towards teachers, actually. So it's really like any kind of workshop, webinar, seminar, any kind of thing where um, it's like professional development, essentially. Okay,
2: yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, is this meant to be student-focused or if this is meant for the enrichment of the teachers?
4: This is very much meant for the enrichment of the teachers. And that one, unlike all the other ones, does have a rolling deadline. So that's... Mm -hmm. Think it's two months out from when your event happens, um, but all of this is online on our yeah. website. So yeah. feel free to check out JFLA, <laughs> uh, not to be confused with Japan Foundation New York. We do have two Japan foundations um, in America. Wait a
2: second! I did not realize that. Yeah,
4: yeah, no. So we um, there are twenty six Japan foundations in the world. Whoa! Um, America is the only country that has two. Wow! Um, there's Japan Foundation Los Angeles, um, and then oh. there's Japan Foundation New York. Um, New York is focused more on the cultural side of things and specifically takes all the states um, east of the Rockies Mm. for cultural events and things like that, Um, whereas we cover cultural events west of the Rockies. However, Japan Foundation LA covers um, Japan language grants for the entirety of the U.S. and assorted territories.
2: Okay. So what if you're in the Rockies themselves? (laughs) <laughs> uh... <laughs> that's okay i don't geography think there's any programs that, directly in the mountain quite range
4: Sure. <laughs> um, i know like colorado falls on they, they do have like i think somewhere there's a, a map yeah. so they've divided it out pretty clearly um i think colorado <laughs> comes to us but oh really my, okay my geography of yeah. america is significantly poorer i can do the east coast <laughs> Live in a lot of states there. It's significantly easier. Yeah. Speaking of, uh,
2: can you tell us a little bit about your uh, language background and history and all?
4: Yeah. So um, like Lena, I am also half. Um, okay. My father is Japanese and my mother is Irish, like fourth generation Irish. That flavor of white. Okay, good. Um, I'm glad also, we covered it. Before, before Grandma comes after me, there's some French Canadian mixed in there somewhere, and I don't remember the exact percentages. Oh, right. but grandma is yeah. very insistent on the French Canadian. So, <laughs> for Grandma,
3: <laughs> we'll, we'll
4: make sure that.
2: she gets a hold of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bookmark this um, for her.
4: So, uh, yeah, no, I moved a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born in North Carolina. Hmm. Um, nice. As evidenced by the fact that I cannot say that state without drawing
0: the. You Carolina. did have a little bit, yeah, a little bit. <laughs>
4: yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, if you get me mad enough, I'll still kick into the North Carolinian accent. So. Hmm. Yeah. How how
0: were you there until you were like six, seven, or something? Like why do you have the Well, so I was
4: born there. Then we moved when I was two to Missouri. Hmm. Okay. Then we moved back for another couple of years, and then halfway through kindergarten, we moved up to Maryland. That's we're still southernish. Years, <laughs> yeah, right. It is upstate New York, um, just outside of Rochester. Uh-huh. We were there for ten years, and then I graduated high school and went out to UCSD. While my parents moved down to Pennsylvania. Wow, yeah, and right. then they moved yeah. a couple All more times.
0: <laughs> yeah, to Japan,
4: yeah. and then I went off to Japan. So, <laughs> so what about languages in the home? Uh, languages in the home is mostly English. Um, mm. I did. Like, my dad would drill me and my younger brother on pronunciation. Mm. So it would be a lot of the out of the blue, okay, repeat after me. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And he taught me how to, like, count to ten, how to ask where the bathroom is, but not how to understand the directions.
3: (laughs) Um, I
4: feel like that needed a little bit more to the lesson, but, you know, I made it out okay. It's all good. Um, And then a lot of insults. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense.
4: but uh one of the things my dad particularly focused on was the cultural aspect mm-hmm. so like he would my my dad and his family came over to the states in the early 70s mm-hmm. um like with a lot of japanese businessmen and their families um who came over and then mm-hmm. stayed and while a number of them went back my family didn't um so we have a lot of old manga, like we have a lot of <laughs> nice. Tezuka, nice. Shoutaro, Mizuki Shigeru. Like, we have a whole bunch. Nice. So, as bedtime stories, when I was young, <laughs> um, I got to be regaled with the adventures of um, Tetsuan Atom, Jack, mm-hmm. Cyborg 009. Um, you know, all sorts of Wonder Three, all sorts of yeah, different. That's awesome. That's cool. That's um, awesome. Things. So it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And then, you know, when I went to Japan on jet, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the older um, male teachers, in particular, were super excited about the Shinu <laughs> movie coming out. And I was like, Oh my god, there's a Shin Tsumamam movie coming out. And they're like, Why do you <laughs> care?
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. Um, I'm like. 'Cause I watched it growing up and I'm like, wait, how old are you? Again? Yeah. <laughs> um so, you know, that was another mandatory viewing that was a lot of fun. So I watched Kikaida, I watched Uru Urutraman, mm. um, Urutra Seven, um, Ultra Q as well, um, which is really wild. Um, yeah. but yeah, so that was in my house it was less focused on the language component and a lot more on cultural component although there was the mandatory when you when and if you go to college you will take at least one year's worth of japanese language Mm. right so i took that and went all right well what if i start sooner (laughs) because i thought it was the coolest thing that my dad could translate manga on the fly like he was not (laughs) reading these these to me in japanese he was literally like oh yeah just going through it i was wondering
0: Um, about that that's very cool yeah yeah
4: yeah Yeah, yeah. um (laughs) So not all the like names got translated necessarily, especially for you know some of the reoccurring cast in like Tezuka works, mm. um, like Otanomi Sensei, Otano is Sensei, like yeah, <laughs> or uh, Hakase, oh, right. you know.
3: That's, that's um, an
2: important decision that a translator has to make, and uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's yeah. where we are currently. It feels <laughs> yes. like is the uh, the norm.
4: Exactly. <laughs> Leave a so name I as a was- name. I thought that was the coolest thing since life spread. Um, and that was my personal goals. Like one day I want to be able to do that. Um, so That's cool. about, that is cool. <laughs> thank you. Around <laughs> about uh, middle school, I went, all right, well, I'm bored. I've got these study halls. Let's learn hiragana and katakana.
3: Mm.
4: And so I did that. And then in high school, I was very fortunate that my high school was actually really close to a bunch of different colleges. Mm-hmm. So I and my family was able to support me going to in, initially the community college to mm-hmm. take Japanese, and then trans. Uh, my senior year of high school, I went to a larger college that offered second years Japanese. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I went on to UCSD and proceeded to major in Japanese. So oh, okay, that's
3: nice.
0: cool. And you're mm-hmm. studying for N1.
4: I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It's probably not happening this year, but definitely next year. Okay. (laughs) Purely because this year has been absolutely crazy. uh, And I would like to take a break. (laughs) 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 I moved countries. I was, I, you know, like literally I came back from Japan. I had a week at Mm. my parents' house where I had to get all of these things done. um, You know, make sure that, the house was set up for me and my roommates that there was a house to move into, make sure that the car was ready for me to pick up. Mm-hmm. I gave myself a week to get all of those things done. Go out to San Diego. Mm. Um acquire and set up the house, the car, all of that fun things. Change my life, driver's license cuz my driver's license had expired. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then started work.
3: Mm.
4: And then, you know, 3-4 months later changed my position and recall that my initial job when i got back to the states was in san diego um so i was driving (laughs) up three days Mm. a week to come into the office oh man um (laughs) yeah for this
2: is is where remote work is nice
4: (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. no those days where i got to remote work were really nice yeah (laughs) Um, but yeah so i was like okay you know what i will in fact, be nice to myself and not try to
1: add the JLPT at all. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> yeah. You, it's
2: like, <laughs> did you go for it too, Lena? the JLPT?
1: Oh, yeah. I passed this Nikyu this uh, level two in mm-hmm. high school. Then I got like a pretty high score on that one. Then I was like, let me do level one because my brother and me were competitive. So uh-huh. when he found out I was doing level <laughs> two, he was like, no, I'm not taking level two. I'm going to be level one. <laughs> then yeah, then I was like falling asleep. And most of like the, aside of the listening and all that, I was just like I'm done. But yeah, <laughs> I passed the first one. It was before they switched to N one to N five mm-hmm. because it used to be E Q yeah. to Young through Young yeah. Q. But yes, because yes. the level between the E Q and E Q was quite big, they decided to make it five levels. So I took yeah. it before. But the good thing about JLPT is um. It's pretty much lifelong so like i was studying, i was looking at the korean like um mm-hmm. topic uh was it topic but they were like it says that you have to like you know retake Refresh it every, your
2: credentials yeah <laughs>
1: it'll be like every two years two three years you oh
2: wow okay it. so
1: it's much more frequent hmm. and there's less levels like separation it's more like newmon shokyu than i think it's chukyu jokyu. so i realized like while having jlpt is like a lifelong kind of like yeah a proof that you've studied and acquired so far so i'm like i recommend it for anyone or some people are just like they want like a goal post so i'm like oh great mm-hmm. J- jlpt is like a perfect way to kind of put if you especially if you're self-studying you're kind of like where do i start where do i and everyone has a different way of learning like mm-hmm. some people are more audio some people are more visual some people are more kind of like writing and reading is like their strength but when it comes to speaking or processing mm-hmm. it may be a different so they may skill, um they may score really well on the jlpt so i'm always like yeah. encouraging people different language learners just try it see what you think and then if you get more than the n2 you can actually use that in like your resume and you can actually mm-hmm. tell japanese employers that you're able to work in a business setting and I, when i used to work at japan foundation sometimes like high school teachers will be like can you come to our school to talk so um, fortunately, because it was COVID, um, we were able to kind of do virtual kind of like uh-huh. introduction. So what I did was I created slides and a lot of students were asking me about JLPT and mm-hmm. what they wanted to do. So I realized like that's a huge interest and it's great that Japan Foundation is kind of like a big part along with the American P- Teachers yeah. Association, a Japanese. They work together. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. American Association. Um, American. Yeah. Of yeah. yeah, I, I, I yeah. See <laughs> that.
4: No worries. I just had like to stare at yeah. that acronym. Yeah, a lot. the AATJ
1: yeah. and Japan Foundation works really um, like strongly. So it's great that like the Japanese language community has a strong like support mm-hmm. and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, I was I was actually really looking forward to finally taking it uh, this year after many oh. years. I last took it in 2019. And, I think it's uh, nice. and then they canceled it for my area. Yeah, the they canceled hit,
1: it. Yeah.
2: And it never came back. I thought, oh, oh it's going to it's going to come back this year. It'll be fine. We got it. And then it showed up and I was like, no, my nearest place is like four hour drive or so. Oh, my
1: God. That's far.
2: So the problem Dude. is, yeah, the time of year uh it, there could be snow and i'd have to book a hotel room so i opted out mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: unfortunately i'm taking a plane to take mine this year la sold out for n1 so i'm going to oh, seattle
1: really oh, yeah my God. I'm, dude
0: I'm, I'm serious bro i'm serious about this test man so like i that sucks uh, oh. but a plane flight a flight to seattle from la is at like 150 dollars mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah so i mean yes it's 150 extra bucks but whatever and i have a friend that lives in tacoma mm-hmm. and so i'm, I'm gonna stay there for <laughs> stay there for free he's a college buddy we're buds yeah. so it's like so like it's it's like an extra 150 bucks and then a couple of times we're gonna eat out while we're, while i'm there like yeah. so it's like fuck it let's do it if, <laughs> if, if it was offered twice a year then i wouldn't have done it but if since it's once yeah. a year yeah yeah japan like,
4: only J- offers it twice a
0: year yeah Japan yeah.
4: everywhere else is like nah once a year Sure yeah. your timing is correct like i think hawaii
0: so- used to have twice a year oh, maybe really? but i think but that was the only state i think mm, maybe
2: okay. you guys can pull some strings over at the japan foundation <laughs> <Get us laughs> that's, a right. test. <laughs> that's what this is all about ch- i mean I the think chances of snow messing up my travel uh, are much less in the summer <laughs> if they do yeah, that. yeah
0: for sure yeah, man no,
1: I, I <laughs> that is true that. That's a good point. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I'm hoping that even like AP Japanese, like high school Japanese, um, mm-hmm. there was a struggle if we're moving to like remote virtual testing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it will be nice if it's eventually like available online for people to take rather than in person and having to be yeah. there. Because yeah, yeah sometimes true. technology gets updated. So it'll be good to kind of touch base and see, okay, what can we do to make this more accessible for different yeah. students? Because some students um, like for high school, if they're not in that school, they can't take the exam. So it's kind of like they've been studying mm-hmm. it, but they're like, how are we supposed to get the credits to apply to their college? So it would be nice if there's more ac- yeah, accessibility in that aspect.
2: Yeah, that. I used to do TOEFL test preparation. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. I do okay. ESL. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, when I was doing the TOEFL prep, there were a lot of students that came to me because they had they started to do the cutoff from the paper-based and computer-based and going internet-based which incorporated speaking at that time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people were very nervous about the change there, but that was, that would have been about 2007. Okay. So the, the fact of being here in 2023 and being like, please, for, for the love of everything, just give us an internet based test because I can't travel the one time of year and it's going to cost a hundred dollars now for the test. The, The price went up. And then
3: oh, it? Yeah. it was
0: 60 something, 65, yeah. but it went up to a hundred the past oh, wow. two or three oh, wow. years.
2: So yeah, yeah, it's more expensive mm-hmm. and there's the travel yeah. and the weather could put a damper on yeah. things. Definitely. So it would be really nice to see. Have you guys heard anything about any push for a computer-based <laughs> internet? banking? <base? laughs>
4: that is outside of my, my wheelhouse. That's one of my coworkers yeah. um, arranges everything. All right. Um Yep. So. Go to, just, just tell I the co to get it set up. That's fine Yeah. Um, <laughs> beyond the, you know, block the date. Um, mm-hmm. to what are you doing? <laughs> Songetsu <Some laughs> wants to say hi. <laughs> no, she only wants her tail to be a tail <laughs> <laughs> um longer. But uh, I haven't heard anything from them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been mostly the, you know, we, we help proctor. Yeah. Um, the LA one.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it's
4: been more of the, all right, make sure that you're free mm-hmm. on the third. Yep. Um, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. but yeah, no talk about
2: big changes to the test structure.
4: No. Yeah. Nothing, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. I okay. mean, no,
3: well, yeah. hopefully, I will say if anyone's on jet,
4: <laughs> um, jet did implement, I think they're doing it again, but at least mm-hmm. when I was there, um, if you took N3 through 1 and you passed, they would refund your um, oh nice test fee. That's oh. nice. That's very nice. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Hang on to your, your payment slip at whatever <laughs> conveni you play, paid at. I'm assuming people are paying at convenis. Otherwise, I don't, I don't know, I guess you can still pay on card, whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, hang on to that slip. Hang on to all your thing. Print out the form and submit that. And you can get your... I mean, when I took it in Japan, it was like sixty-five bucks.
0: So. Yeah. yeah, back mm. in the day. So Would you funny. say that the the JLPT is the main? No, it's not. I mean, what's the what's the main function of the Japan Foundation? What's so the, what does it mainly do?
4: It's essentially um, there's community outreach, but ultimately, it is trying to um, act as a bridge between the U.S. and Japan in terms of culture language arts performances what have you um mm. so it's really kind of bringing japan to america in a sense
0: gotcha in an authentic um, old sense fashion,
4: yeah in an authentic sense as old-fashioned yeah. as that sound feels like no that's good that though like
2: let's just clarify but, let's yeah. that's bringing bringing it to america west of the rockies uh with one group <laughs> and then bringing it to america east of the rockies with another group <laughs> yes
4: <laughs> for for culture for cu- culture for language that's all
1: yeah
0: la okay. and then the jlpt is just another thing yeah aspect, aspect
1: of yeah japan foundation
0: hmm. did so, they yes. make it up or was the japanese government make it up and then the, the japan foundation attached themselves to it later on do you know the history behind don't, all this
4: i don't sure i can take a stab but lena do you happen to know
1: i'm not entirely sure either but with japan foundation the headquarters they do have like teacher training and all that kind of stuff too so i wonder if it's like really closely connected to yeah like actually making exams and such like that'll be something i would like to research as well on my end like if the teacher because they do teacher trainings and all that kind of stuff in japan if they implement what they um yeah do in japan foundation at the actual yeah. exams or not but yeah i'm not too familiar with but most likely maybe a very japanese government yeah i know i was if under the impression the test- Oops, sorry.
3: I,
2: I was gonna say i was under the impression it was the ministry of education
4: yeah no, i was gonna say a- for japan if you take the test in japan mm-hmm. um the site is promoted through um MXT, so ministry of education technology yeah and other things that eventually end in X? Question mark. <laughs> yeah, I remember the entire thing at one point, but yeah, but that point yeah, it's not
1: now. Definitely, <laughs> it's like how you know Jet is very connected to the Japanese government, the Ministry Education. So, mm-hmm. and then we like I remember when I was in Japan Foundation, they would ask us to interview or help out with the processings in that in that aspect. So I was like realizing, yeah, we work really closely. Mm-hmm. With the consulate as well in that aspect. Okay.
0: As well. So the ministry probably created the test initially, and then Japan Foundation, I'm just guessing here, were the ones that helped bring the test to America. Out, yeah. More so outside of know, Japan. Yeah. Outside of Japan, yeah. yeah.
4: I know the we just celebrated the 40th anniversary of Japan Foundation Los Angeles. Hmm. Um, so I don't know how long the test has been available in. America slash how old the test itself is. Okay. But yeah, no, I, I would agree. probably something along the lines of government created it.
0: Is the yeah. United Japan Kingdom, foundation. Japan foundation, JF, UK. <laughs> Uh. Uh. (laughs) sorry i am i am 12 years old (laughs) i am very immature please tell uh, me it's (laughs) Font. that is not
4: something i know off the top of my head that's
0: out
2: of her jurisdiction
4: Um, i can tell you toronto is jf toronto that's very far
2: Um. east of the
0: rockies jfont jfont.org okay
1: we gotta look that up later, but yeah. not sure. <laughs> <laughs> London. <laughs> okay.
0: London. Yeah, because you said 26 countries, so we're talking. Yeah. I am assume a lot in Europe, Thailand yeah. and shit, or like like yeah, where? Thailand. I guess I can look it up. But
1: yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Um, one in Mexico. Nice. Um, Toronto, um, so Canada. They're okay. doing really cool things. They invited the creator of Vinland Saga to
3: uh, oh uh, oh cool
4: an author's event that they were having the city so yeah
2: yeah. so i saw there was a grant to uh bring people from japan to the events and uh yeah that's that's a nice idea pay to get some folks flying over and promote their their arts yeah yeah i i don't know that i've seen much in the way of uh video game stuff uh, promoted through japan (laughs) foundation though
4: yeah i've not seen anything in that regards either um, we are in your we time, have did done you see any, more Lina? yeah i mean i've only started last uh, december yeah. so
1: i've not right. i've not been here
2: and any in more. your time lena that you saw remember seeing video games
1: promoted not really sometimes there's always that like anime expo and how connected mm-hmm. japan foundation is because it's like in la it happens or like with literature, I'm not sure about video games, but literature. Japan Foundation New York mm-hmm. often had like uh, online like um, interviews or kind of like we would, um, yeah, con- work with Japan Foundation New York in that regards like mm-hmm. the literature related events, but not really in terms of yeah video games or like mm-hmm. online. But yeah, a lot of the the staffs are really big fans, yeah, like, uh, anime and manga, So there, that was a very common topic discussed mm-hmm. in our office for sure
4: yeah. and we have done um collaborative events with other local museums and organizations mm-hmm. so we yeah. did one for akira mm-hmm.
3: with mm-hmm. the mm-hmm.
4: i don't remember the automotive museum that's like down the street from us
1: lakma or
4: no it's not lakmay there's a some big automotive.
1: Oh, Peterson, Peterson Automotive. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, yeah that, that and,
1: Oh yeah, which reminds yeah. me a good point about that. We have we um, like our Japan Foundation kind of um, helped with the Nara Yoshitomo muse- um, exhibit at LACMA. Mm-hmm. So a couple of art exhibits such as yeah the Ghibli, like when mm-hmm. the Academy of um, Museum of Arts they had their exhibition for Ghibli, Japan Foundation kind of like um, helped sponsor it so it may not be mm-hmm. video game but they have sponsored or they have worked with yeah like um, in terms of like art museum and all that kind of stuff as well so I like
0: think- I, if okay. i know like fine art stuff is probably the main thing and i can understand yeah. why that's like the main thing you want to do but if you have done anime stuff i don't i think it would not be too much of a huge jump if some video game stuff was added because yeah. like my yeah. for example like mike and i you know, yes, it was part anime, uh, but video games, especially in the nineties, were like very like uh, you know, Japan centric. Mm-hmm. And that's what we grew up on. It yeah. uh, you know, this was a time when there wasn't any Xbox and there was no Atari. So like <laughs> Atari our, uh, just crashed and burned. <laughs> Atari, Atari crashed and burned, so like we we're growing up in the nineties with just just Nintendo, just yep. Sega, and just Sony, which came later in the game, and like so like every video game like we elder millennials were playing, were all like Japanese consoles, all yeah. of them. So like yeah, Game Boy, right. etc. So like yeah, there's a whole generation of us that like video games occupy kind of the same level of Japan interest or mm-hmm. like sparked Japan interest uh, as much as anime did. Yeah, I have so, a question.
1: Can I ask you guys? Like, yeah. okay for me there. So I know that I like with the surge of k-pop and i feel like because um mm-hmm. like other korean entertainment has been very very visible and i felt mm-hmm. like japan had that opportunity to kind of grasp and when anime oh, yeah. and like yeah video games were huge i feel like they kind of lost that opportunity that's kind of like my perception about it because they're so insular or they were able to kind of mm-hmm. like um within I their 100% country agree. It's, yeah it's like the, it's a very domestic market so like even cd cells were s- cd cells are still pretty strong in japan and, and streaming mm-hmm. is a very recent um, um recent issue so i wonder if, yeah with video games like i always feel like even with japanese government when they were doing the cool japan they were focused on the anime and manga <laughs> rather You're than my like mind <laughs> video games i feel like maybe because of the localization even like music and other factors make mm-hmm. it really like it's really like core there's a core group of yeah like I was a big Mm -hmm. fan of Japanese video games, but there wasn't like, I feel like, yeah, anime and manga is considered more of mass consumerism and just like easy, like, oh, Mm -hmm. we can spread it. But Japan kind of like lost the opportunity to kind of be like, oh, there's more than just manga, anime. Even now I feel like with events, I'm like, there's more to Japan than these like five things. But I feel like there hasn't been a push from Japanese government to promote Outside of the kind of kawaii or kind of like soft culture,
0: they might still yeah. very. They might like, especially the older people, people older than us, especially like look down on video games. So like they, like maybe like anime and manga have sort of made their, especially thanks to Ghibli, like have like they they're maybe seen as more elevated art forms. But that there has, ha- like, there's no you know? Nintendo mm-hmm. might be the only spot where it really feels like this is like an art form, a video, an art, a Japanese art form, you know, it's kind of representing Japan in, in a good light. Like yeah. Nintendo with, with Mario and Zelda and all that, like they, they might, like especially Breath of the Wild, it feels very Ghibli mm-hmm. already. Yeah, you know? definitely. So,
1: like Ni No Kuni Ghibli-inspired, like the creators exactly. of Ghibli were working on Nino can Kuni. But definitely I feel like, yeah, like with like Final Fantasy, Fancy Star Online, I love those games, but it's mm-hmm. very like, Yeah, I love Yakuza too, so it's like the very strong (laughs) like storyline. Many, many hours of like spending, but it's not easy access for people that are Mm -hmm. just a casual
0: I I would want to see the numbers because I know K pop is bigger than ever. It's big Mm -hmm. it's way bigger than J pop, probably ten times bigger (laughs) at this point. But like the amount of money Nintendo was making and Mm -hmm. Mario made all kinds of money in the box office this year too oh yeah they there's did there's very no well. there's there's no korean um you know k-pop land like there is mario land in <laughs> la right now you know what i mean so like japan still is very much killing it i think yeah, I mean, they, yeah they there's, some misop- there's some misop there's some opportunities with music and with with live action like with like drama is also killing it Korea's sort of stepping in to where japan isn't like Japan is like there's a cr- crunchy roll. There's no Korean there's hard, probably hardly any Korean animation on there. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So like Japan's most still of it was killing outsourced it with, to Korea. <laughs> yeah, Japan's still killing it with animation. Or and they video have games. animators
1: from Korea and Vietnam to draw yeah. for them. They outsource their <laughs> yes, animators. Yes.
0: True, but but written written and, and initially designed at least <laughs> yeah, probably definitely. in Japan for the right. most part. So I think it's still there. Korea's definitely st- stepping up the game quite a bit, but I think it's still kind of compartmentalized. Yeah, You know, it depends on what you're talking about. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah, and I would say that Japan's probably, I don't know if it's more of a domestic reason, but with all of the, like, there have been so many reboots. And I know this is true Mm -hmm. the world over, but, um, I mean, they did a fairly decent, okay, I'm biased, I like FMA, (laughs) but, like, I think they did a really pretty good job with live-action fma reboot mm-hmm. this is full metal um, alchemist full metal alchemist yeah yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: yeah um i mean the the wigs were kind of interesting in a couple cases um but like Al's <laughs> armor the cgi they did for all of the alchemy that ed's spamming left right and center mm-hmm. like that was that was really good and like mm-hmm. the duroni kenshi movies i mean they've been coming out for a couple years now. i've heard
0: those are good
4: those are those are very yeah, good. Those are really good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. I, I'm also
4: biased. I I did get my friend who had no faith in any live action remakes <laughs> to watch the Dune and Kenshi movies and she was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, actually these were good."
0: So. <laughs> I'm not saying this just because I'm a metal fan either, but I've heard the Detroit Metal City or whatever like <sighs> A- anime live action anime was actually good live and action i, I love
1: the live action for detroit it, it was good i i, I yeah, one it. of my favorite movies i would say like in terms of really like, live action yeah and oh yeah and then if we're talking about live action like one piece right now with netflix and the whole yeah. popularity like surge again with japanese mm-hmm. media but it's so interesting they always talk about zoro the guy he's a japanese actor now can you he's not in a lot of the interviews so they like they make a joke like oh Zoro's asleep somewhere but it's like it's interesting (laughs) how Japanese management is probably very restrictive on Uh his appearances so it's really interesting to see how are Japanese like actors like like contents Mm -hmm. like if the management's being very strict with them how are they gonna be accessible and it's kind of like the yeah, yeah these actors are going to are in a lot of interviews and making a really great impression and then the writer was like i love one piece i really want to make sure it does well and then the writer approved of the main cast mm-hmm. so i feel like this is a great opportunity but i'm i'm like again it's like that opportunity is missed
2: i think yeah i'm totally with you on that like i remember the big push with soft power cool japan and yeah. i was like where are my video games where are all these video yeah. games and yes. something that relates directly to what you were just saying is um you were mentioning the Yakuza series before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Judgment. Uh, for yeah, I love Judgment. Oh, it's so good. So, yeah, yeah, Takuya Kimura was yes. it? Yes, is the, the star. Kimutaka,
0: Kimutaku, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So like he, the Brad Pitt of Japan in some sense, right? He's yeah. like
2: he's the lead, yeah. right?
0: And he's very yeah. good
2: in it. It's very it's it's an awesome game. But they, the management agency for him, refused to allow a PC version of the game.
3: Because
2: mm-hmm, yeah. they were saying, "Oh, they, they're afraid of what's going to happen with his likeness; that it's not going to be in their control." That's because Mods. they don't understand that you can also mod console games too.
1: But, yeah, you know, and it's like, yeah, mm, just, definitely. Mm,
2: they really could have had something being pushed big here, but now it's kind of like, well, they don't want him now to continue the series because they need somebody who can promote it freely and say, like, "Okay, we want to release this game on the PC." Mm-hmm. That's that's a, you know that's another hundred thousand sales two hundred thousand sales right there that we can't get.
1: Yeah, and his agency. Well, right now they're going for a lot of issues with. Um, it, yeah, issues. They have finish, yeah. Well, like there's been a um yeah. like um a lot of backlash, and they're um I think they're closing down the company or they're um adjusting. It's a sex.
2: I mean, it's a, yeah, it's sex, a years yeah. long sex abuse scandal. Yeah. Like, did, shut it down. Go for it.
1: Yeah, definitely. So they're working on shutting it down. At first, they were like, no, we're not going to shut it down, but like backlash has been. So finally, they were like, okay, we need to shut it down. But it was interesting that agency refused to even have pictures or their idols on Mm -hmm. like um, media. And it was just like the lack, like even on YouTube or anything, even their music is like non accessible. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, why are they doing this? Why are they self sabotaging their? actual market yeah <laughs> when they could actually make a profit or like accessibility so yeah definitely
2: right. they're running counter to the principles of the japan foundation <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you both of you lena and mike you both agree mm-hmm. that japan has dropped the ball in the culture in the soft power game yeah. when it comes to video in korea's games, and korea's running it
1: yeah, in terms of video games.
0: That's no, what I'm not, Korea's not running it in
2: terms of video games, but yeah, Korea, the video game, yeah. they dropped the ball in music too. Obviously, yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah, like there's a lot of good Japanese pop music. There's no reason yeah. it couldn't have been sent abroad, especially with anime making way and you know theme songs and everything
1: getting popular. Well, I
4: mean, they they finally stopped, you know, creating American only. <laughs> <Yeah. virgins.
1: laughs> the virgins, yeah, yeah. I mean,
4: don't get me wrong; some of those are a bop, and yeah. I mean. When I was a kid, I really enjoyed watching Yu Gi Oh. I I actually oh. watched Yu Gi Oh over Pokemon. So yeah. uh, there we go. But like Yu-Gi-Oh's the yeah. better card
2: game too. <laughs> no doubt.
4: Um but uh yeah, I know. I mean now that they're keeping the songs or mm-hmm. even like the God, if you listen to like their first um case closed metante kuanan opening they translated that into english oh i never i never heard and it's it's wild it's wild (laughs) um sounds a lot better in japanese no offense to the people who sing it in english i'm I'm sorry the the lyrics just sound better in japanese um
0: yeah i agree but
4: like now we're seeing all of these i mean they're all over tiktok they're all over Mm -hmm. social media like Idol from Yosubi. Yeah, is uh, doing well, yeah. Like,
2: yeah. all of, but they, it's
4: it's they hurting. really
2: could have had oh, this. Okay. They really could have had this through the past 20 years, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I feel like the blueprint for for incredible success was set with Kingdom Hearts, the first one. When, oh, uh, yeah. Simple and Utada clean. Hikaru. Or Hikaru. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The song was Hikari, right? In Japanese. Yeah. And like, yeah. it just, it was so good in both languages because she's also very good in both languages. Yeah. She's <laughs> you know? one of the right.
1: stars that, like, she could <laughs> I'm just always like, ah. it's yeah. like a missed opportunity, like, with her. She has a lot of great English songs, but yeah
2: yeah and then she had the album that was i think america only uh, exodus yeah. or something and it, yeah, was, it was it was like no that's fine she's she works just fine working in both languages and it's great mm-hmm. like let her do her thing you know
0: <laughs> but, yeah. i mean i think also like the deal with k-pop now is k-pop is <sighs> japanese people talk about this a lot i feel like anyway j-pop is kawaii and k-pop is sexy it's the whole cute <laughs> sexy dichotomy like, and I feel like sexy sells more inter- internationally than cute does. Although Japan did make a fucking shitload of inroads with kawaii culture. So what up, can, you hello bl- can, you bl- can you blame them really? You know, but I think with music, it, it like the buck stops there maybe a little bit. Like J-pop just a little bit too cute at mm. times. And K-pop has definitely got like a little bit more sex going on. Or it's
1: mm-hmm. kinda like with that whole idol culture and you you know, people bought CDs to actually meet their favorite idol or they were kinda like this whole <laughs> there's a more yeah. concept of like growth. They kinda like see like seeing their idols grow and kinda more like mm-hmm. a kinda like a um, parasocial relationship with their idols. So it's yeah. like the music is kinda like in conjunction to that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like with Japan, because they are more so like insular and in-house, they're able to make music that's more catered to what's mm-hmm. domestically appropriate. Well,
3: yeah, Korea,
1: yeah. because their economy is so much smaller than Japan, too, they kind of have to go to Japan. They have to go to the U.S. They have to go to other languages, mm-hmm. countries and learn their languages to promote their product.
3: Yeah, well, Japan doesn't yeah. have
1: that kind of like necessity. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, yeah. and it's like the UX like apps, too, I feel like. It's very, mm-hmm. it's like very like easy to use in a Japanese context or setting, but if they were to produce it in the U.S. or other countries, it may not be as accessible. So it's like a combination of yeah. philosophy as well.
2: Yeah, I've always found Japanese user experiences to be a little uh, cluttered or overwhelming for my American sensibilities. Yeah, it's
1: like, there's there's just too much content rather than Mm -hmm. like, the smooth transition of it. So like, Mm -hmm. I've been able to, like, recently speak, speak with people who has created apps in Japan. So I'm kind of, they're kind of like launching in US, I'm kind of curious to see what the Mm -hmm. user experience is like, like, how are they going to bring the Japanese aspect to the user experience? and mm-hmm. continue the service here as well
0: people make fun of um japanese mmorpgs user <laughs> interfaces like they say the menus are just always ridiculous yeah and, like way too many and it's like isn't where's the wabi-sabi where's the <laughs> where's the where's the simple beauty here guys I this, mean, is, this is even, insane
4: even like reality shows yeah. in japan
0: yeah there's no <laughs> the wabi-sabi is gone within like <laughs> like the all the like the bright floor i mean it looks fine but it's like it's
4: great reading th- practice it's great reading practice but the first, until you get used to it you were like what am i supposed to focus on yeah. what's going yeah. on i have yeah. so many questions
0: there was one game show i saw where the right question was like when they answered it correctly it was also in red and i was like god this is like this is maybe this is like tangential to everything we're talking about, but it was just like red should be wrong, not correct. But, mm. but anyway, I digress. No, I remember
2: the first time I saw Nico Nico Doga, and I was just like. Oh my god!
1: Yes. Yeah, that I'm like, how I can't see anything, but I just love. I, I love jikyo Doga where it's, it's like you have people like it's now on YouTube more. Yeah. common, But at the time, Niko doga had the whole culture mm-hmm. of like, so it was fun to kind of watch people play video games, and that's kind of how I related to a lot of Japanese video games mm-hmm. is watching Japanese video game players talk about mm-hmm. it, and you just kind of like go along for the ride, and mm-hmm. it's like with american games i use like game facts and like walkthroughs but i felt like <laughs> yeah. Niconico Douga and such was like a uh, very casual experience of seeing different yeah. japanese games
0: mm-hmm. and
1: Niconico was one of the few places i could access japanese stuff mm. being here in the united states
2: yeah yeah it wasn't always so easy now it's pretty wide open but yeah. uh not yeah. too long ago it was pretty tough
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely
0: very limited mm-hmm. options Matt Alt, no. this uh, guy that we interviewed, he's he's uh, he's like a minor celebrity in Japan, and he's he's an author. He's in um, J- Japanology Plus on NHK. He's one of the hosts on there. It's a couple, mm-hmm. but um, he he was saying like back. This is connecting to your point earlier, Lena. The um, Japanese people for the longest time, they're just making like shows and games just for them. Yep, you know and then they just kind of they weren't really even trying to get big internationally it just kind of happened because everybody thought it was so unique and you can really sense a different culture via anime or gaming or whatever Mm -hmm. and um yeah i think it was kind of largely an accident i think in a lot of ways (laughs) but that's so that's kind of there's some lesson there like just make shit you like and then things will just like will fall into place the other phenomenon like <laughs> the other phenomenon now though is japanese culture has gotten so big internationally mm-hmm. and and also with the you know dissemination of of the internet and being everybody being thoroughly saturated in it now mm-hmm. it's, it's this is kind of old man corner in a sense but it's not like it used to be where japan was so foreign and, so, and that it was like people loved it because it was so different but mm-hmm. now as time goes along you know everybody's watching anime now and everybody plays japanese video games and like i think we're starting to get to this nexus point where and matt alt talks about this we're not going to tell which is which at a certain point, Mm -hmm. like Americans doing cosplay now. And we don't know if this part of gaming is from Japan or America. The Japanese are copying a lot of American gaming stuff too. Now, like back in the nineties and that kind of time period, it was pretty, you know, cut and dry. Like this is, you know, this was a American game. This is a Japanese game, Game gameplay game, style art. Everything was different about it. But now, Mm -hmm. now it's like, you know, you can't, you can't tell for better or worse. I mean, you can still Mm kind of tell, but it's, it's definitely not like it used to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Oh, go ahead.
4: Sorry. Um, so this really reminds me of the whole, what is manga question? Like, (laughs) yeah. Or the, is avatar the last airbender in anime?
0: Yeah. That like, yeah. yeah.
4: Got debated to hell and back. And it's back <laughs> again because now it anime is big. And so everyone's like, okay, but also Avatar, the last Adventures and anime. It's like, no, we, we settled this like 10 years ago. Please, <laughs> please do not resurrect that conversation. But it does yeah. really remind me of that whole, okay, well, what, what makes a manga a manga? Because mm-hmm. they did like, I don't know. Um, if anyone read the Maximum Ride series by James Patterson, mm-hmm. they did a graphic novel but it's in a very manga-esque style
3: mm-hmm. yeah. i think the
4: the manga, uh, you know the the artist is uh korean but like mm-hmm. you look at that that style and you're like okay yeah out of context it's a manga pretty much but like is it <laughs>
0: yeah. okay so, so i mean about this like the whole american anime topic i find fascinating because. Look, they're making good ones now, people seem to love Castlevania, et cetera. People love the boondocks, all that no, stuff. No, no, but no. the thing is, especially like, you know, with, with Mike and my background, like and a lot of people, like, it's like people liked the anime, not just because of the art style, but because this was truly foreign. Mm-hmm. There's just some this is like this might as well be from Mars. I mean, you know, just an expression, mm-hmm. but like it was just so different and that's why we loved it. So, American anime they're sort of copying that what Matt Alt again, Matt Alt calls that otherness. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's like it's sometimes cringe, I think. Mm-hmm. It's not always, but it can be. And I just feel like it I don't know if I'd call it cultural appropriation. I wouldn't go that far, but it's just like you're you're trying to copy being foreign, and something's not right there. But then again, like, what are you gonna do when an art style is super popular?
2: Yeah, you know, it's a look. <laughs> what are you gonna do? The content yeah. is really what's gonna give something legs, right? But yeah. the aesthetics are gonna catch people's eyes, and if you like that aesthetic and you can paint in that style, draw in that style, go for it. And but you know,
0: but also the the story content too though I mean there's mm-hmm. Japanese even the Japanese story structure is four part instead of three this is mm-hmm. a fundamental difference between East and West storytelling as well yeah. are the American anime companies copying that too I don't know and just like the perspective and everything is just subtly or not subtly different I think <laughs> sorry are, go ahead Lena
1: oh, yeah I feel like because we. Um, a lot of younger generations are fortunate enough to kind of grow up with anime, video games, and such. From a very, like, equal standpoint, I feel like the people I've dealt with in college and such they like know their Japanese classmates through college and other aspects. So it's more of like an equal, like a uh, relationship in terms of like appreciating a culture. And sometimes I feel mm-hmm. like when we're kind of like grow up with it, we don't realize how like it's just so subconscious in our mind that we don't know how much it like gets to us. So um, when I recently went to the Japan foundation for their art exhibit, where um, people who ha- who have disabilities, they presented their art and it was, mm-hmm. it's in display and it's good. It's a, um, it's until December Megan? Yeah, it's
4: until t- December. I want to say twelfth.
1: T- yeah, pre exhibit
4: Monday through uh, Saturday. Yeah, six, so, uh, noon to six.
1: Yeah, but what was what was fascinating, interesting to me was that a lot of the um, artists were non-verbal or they couldn't move their body, but a lot of mm-hmm. the color, the texture, and the cultural nuances behind their art felt very Japanese. So I was just asking, like, the curator, mm-hmm. one of the people, like. It's so fascinating to me that even though there may be not be verbal or like understanding, it's fascinating how colors and all that kind of stuff gets preserved. And she was like, Yeah, we try to not focus on a person with their disability, but focus on what do they personally want to do. So it's really mm-hmm. interesting how, even like, yeah, even in these Japanese contexts of like, categorization like art hmm. and culture may not easily be categorized but it's so like it that it was just like i don't know where i'm going with yeah, this no, but it just great, found, but... i just found it really fascinating that the culture
0: like, runs deep is what you're yeah, saying like, like no that, what,
1: yeah yeah it's kind of like no matter what and sometimes the language like for myself i speak japanese and japanese was my first language but because of that like i get this expectation of be Japanese or you're Mm -hmm. supposed to know everything Japanese and it's interesting how sometimes like yeah the mannerisms or the way I may perceive or understand can come from a very Japanese standpoint because I grew up with a Japanese mother who lived in Japan for like over 40 years and I Mm -hmm. live I had a grandmother so it's really interesting that how like no matter so you're how much I don't, you don't
0: see, you don't see the stark differences maybe as much as somebody from from my background because they've been mixed from the get go.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like mm-hmm. some people may have kind of like an already kind of like oh, it was just surrounded by them that, mm-hmm. and it's great. I actually love it because it means that they can have a very um, positive. They can start from a very positive understanding about Japan and their culture and their mm-hmm. art and then with japan being like the population is becoming smaller and smaller now it's going to be a discussion of how can they work with other countries and how could they continue to preserve their art and tradition because younger Mm -hmm. younger um yeah generations are not able to preserve it in the way that like Mm -hmm. as before so that's kind of like a yeah what i'm curious about the next 20 to 30 years how it's going to be yeah
2: yeah like it's it's definitely you're you become a native Of the cultures that you're absorbing, you know, when, when I was growing up, I watched plenty of uh, Godzilla and Speed Racer and Voltron (laughs) and things like that. And it's like, it all influenced me. It's just a part Mm -hmm. of me. When I got older, I started to learn like, okay, this comes from Japan and everything. But like, when I was a kid, that didn't matter. It was just as, it was just as me as He-Man was. It just Mm -hmm. didn't, none of it mattered. It was all just a part of my own native life with art. And I yep. think that yeah. you're seeing, you're seeing the fruits of that. You know, as the, yeah, the younger definitely. generations grow up with all sorts of different influences from around the world, with Japan being a real heavy hitter in visual mm-hmm. aesthetics, yeah. then the I work even, that they produce is going to reflect that.
4: I would even say that, like our generation, we still see some of that mm-hmm. already with the length of how much, how long Pokemon has run. <laughs> yeah. Like there are there are there are people. Who think that Pokemon's American?
0: Yeah, that's true. They have no idea. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, it's, just it's like, yeah, of
4: course. Of if, course they up, if they grew Pokemon,
0: if they grow up with it from an early age, uh, most people, mm-hmm. a lot of people, probably don't. Um, you know, uh, what you call it? They, they don't realize it because it's just been embedded in them since since kind of day one. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? yeah.
4: And there's less of that because it's in an entirely fantasy world.
0: Yeah. Unlike,
4: you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, where yeah. they do have to like wear their school uniforms and <laughs> yeah. you know, other yeah, other are. ones too. Like Yu I know that's before all of that, but like, yeah, <laughs> let's go fight Yokai in our school uniforms. Did <laughs> you play uniform.
2: Pokemon, Mike? I only played uh Pokemon Blue. Back oh, when the blue, green boy yes. color, like it was funny because I remember reading an, a review on IGN that would have been like in '98 or '97, and I was just like, "Huh, ah, this this RPG sounds interesting. I'll mm-hmm. give it a shot. Why not?" Because I was working a job where I was I spent some time at a desk and had to wait in between setups for like speaker systems and everything. So I was just like, "Yeah, sure." And I played it
0: while I was at work in between jobs. And i so you I'll, knew about the game before the cartoon became big. Yeah. Yeah. And I okay, remember so telling I, some friends. I didn't. I, but, I just knew it because my younger brother was getting into it during the first initial boom in mm-hmm. 98 or so mm-hmm. in America. And I, I was just a little too old for it. I was 14 when it came out. Mm-hmm. So like I was, I, I was like, too old for it, but I didn't know. Cause I just thought it was an RPG.
1: <laughs> I just knew it as a cartoon yeah.
0: that came out with a video game. So I, I forget how it worked, but it came out, like three years after Japan, like Japan was like ninety-five or something, yeah. And then America yeah. was like much later, and it was near the end of the Game Boy life cycle. Like the Game Boy should have been done, and then Pokemon came <laughs> comes out, and boom, it's like Game Boy huge again.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Sorry if you had more, man. I blurted. Had to. No, I well,
2: we we've talked about this before, but yeah, I think that Pokemon is really the the trojan horse for the rest of japanese pop culture <laughs> i was like I, here it is man so. this is this is what broke down the gates and that's what, i mean wide open
4: this is, this is just kind of off the cuff but i mean look at you could look at the similarities between one piece and pokemon
3: hmm.
4: really i mean they're both fantasy worlds mm-hmm. they've got an ultimate goal but they've got to go on a journey to get there yeah. and uh yeah i'm not saying you know the entirety of the mugiwara kaizoku are you know pokemon or anything but you know
2: I've, i mean um, I, I can't speak to it because i've never really read or watched
4: one piece yeah
2: it's one fair. of those things that like it's so hugely popular and it's been going for so long but it's just yeah. not it wasn't for I know, me
0: i'm, I'm out but, of the loop on that one too man but yeah I mean, it's, I used to read it for
1: so long, like, because it came out, like, 1998,
4: or so. Yeah, it's one of the big three.
1: Yeah, it's like Metante Conan for me, too. I grew up with it. It's still continuing. And then One Piece, too, it still continues. It's great that it still has a very huge cultural phenomenon. And it's it's really fascinating to see that in Japan. Like, I feel like a lot of um, series continue for 10, 20, 30 years. And I'm just like, wow, we don't really (laughs) often see that in you,
0: you see it with um, you see with american comic stuff but I yeah mean, uh,
1: but they have like separate arcs and it feels like different right, like, right 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 they're not always connected the marvel ones too so that's also I mean, fascinating
2: one of the big differences there is like in america the big comic companies marvel and dc are generally right the corporations own the characters and all of that in stories so they're bringing in writers through you know the last hundred years or whatever Mm. to to do different things but when it comes to most of the the structure of like the weekly serialized manga in japan their creator owned so it goes through that's good say like shonen jump or something but like what's his name eichiro oda Oda, yeah Yeah. right that's his that's his story that's his book
1: yeah that's his character you know so that's good
2: so it follows him through the years. It's not like someone he's going to get taken off, and the next arc is written by someone else entirely. I yeah. saw a
0: picture. I saw a, a TikTok of Sam, Samuel L. Jackson talking about One Piece on the Howard Stern show. He yeah. was yeah. like, he was like, Oda has written one of the best stories of our t- of the modern times. I was like, wow, <laughs> Sam Jackson loves anime, bro. <laughs> this is, but it was it was awesome. I'd never seen One Piece, but I love the passion.
1: Yeah. I feel like one piece is one of those um mangas that i felt like they're all friends like they all have the same goal they all care Mm -hmm. for each other and like every like backstory is like you cry like every story i've read in one piece like every backstory i'm just like oh my god so they really tucked your hearts in that luffy is just genuinely a nice guy and he really cares for everyone and -hmm. it kind of just like yeah accessible for whatever age and i feel like with Japanese working culture and all that kind of stuff, having that dream, having that kind of unity, having that kind of like vastness, I feel like it brings kind of like light to people's lives in so many yeah. ways.
4: I would say the the freedom aspect, where you are exploring and something new.
1: Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, right. Okay.
2: These these are the these are some of the main goals of art, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that the beauty of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh you, man. So, so props the, to the Japan Foundation for promoting that. I've, there's nice.
0: two two Japanese songs that make me think of exploration. One is the Chrono Trigger corridors of time thing. Mm. Like there's something so majestic and explore explorational about that. And the other one was from uh, Wild Arms. The remember oh, that yeah. RPG, Mike? Yeah. That has this that opening, Wild like, Arms intro, man. Bluegrass sort of thing, but it's like, oh my God, like this is like the spirit the pioneer spirits like kind of thing <laughs> I remember when I played it when I was a kid, probably at ninety six or seven, popped mm-hmm. it in, and like I'm, I'm listening to the intro, and my mom was like, she was like that I like that song, um yeah, like, it random, was that she heard it was me so good <laughs> it was very good. um, is there anything else before we're out of here, guys? Mm-hmm.
1: I no i
4: probably. mean if you're a teacher feel free to apply for grants
0: yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah <laughs> at great. the japan foundation and if you happen to be in la from now until december feel free to or mid-december feel free to stop in at the japan foundation we're off of uh we're kitty quarter into lacma um free exhibit nice you know noon to six yeah
2: what, what is lacma uh
4: los angeles county museum art
1: yeah
0: yeah (laughs) we're we're near the Brea
4: tar pits so it's lacma Brea Mm -hmm. tar pits and then like kitty corner it's us a little
0: hard
1: to find from the street but i've still never been to
0: Brea tar pits i need to go oh
1: it's definitely a great experience and yeah to Mm -hmm. add upon megan's japan Mm -hmm. foundation i feel like what i love about japan foundation i still tell my former colleagues to this day is that it like brings very Access, um, it's very accessible for like even the lang- Japanese language like you know exchange mm-hmm. events. We, um, there's one coming up in October. So it's kind of like anyone can come and explore. And there's movie nights or movie days depending on the time. But it's like great that Japan Foundation continues to find a way where, you know, it's, it's a community based mm-hmm. and anyone can come and join and they're always there. So please feel free to stop by.
2: That's awesome. Nice. Thank awesome. you guys so much. Uh, yeah, thank you so appreciate. much for
1: having us. It's thank been, you for so much.
2: It's been a good yes, chat. We've touched upon a lot of topics. It's yeah, yes. it's
4: great.
2: I'm going to go thank find you. some Japanese teachers and tell them they need to get some extra money. <laughs>
4: yeah, I mean, event grant. So the, for event, <laughs> uh, teaching materials, and salary assistance, those are coming up in uh, March, April for the okay. new year. So there
0: you go. Good stuff. Yeah. Nice. All right, guys. Well, I think that'll do it. All
1: right. Thank you so thank much. You. Thank you.
2: <laughs> All right. So that was a really nice chat with uh, Megan and Lena uh, from the Japan Foundation. Uh, they, they gave some really good information, especially about the grants. I hope that if there are any teachers out there listening to this of the Japanese language, uh, that you can get something to help you with your professional development and uh, putting some food on the table, too
0: please do guys yeah it was it was cool to get the japan foundations info out there and more jlpt info out there Mm. i'm a professional jlpt taker myself i'm (laughs) just kidding but i will be taking the n1 for the fifth time soon (laughs) so we'll see how that goes but um but yeah uh you know uh the podcast is called gaming guide and if you don't know what that means i mean we're in season two but maybe you found us randomly right Mm. So, guided means like supplementary, supplementary story, supplemental story, like the story outside of the story kind of thing. So, uh, side and stories. so <laughs> the side story, right? So, um, I think that yeah, we're we covered like a little bit of the side story once again to the gaming world with this mm-hmm. stuff. That Japan, I mean, it might be sort of tangential, but we did weave in, you know, some video game stuff in there as well, and the Japanese interest is peaked for a lot of people via video games so everything's uh, connected man (laughs) everything's connected so um anyway yeah thanks for uh stopping by and taking a listen and listening this far into the episode so uh yeah this is this is season two and please check out other episodes and and subscribe if you can thank you thank you please check out the movie that i'm working on called Metal Force, please go to www.metalforce.ninja to find out more about this film. It's basically R-rated Power Rangers meets Stranger Things. That's the quick pitch.